This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host and the second Ghostface killer, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the sixth installment of the slasher film franchise, Scream. Scream 6. This is written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick and directed by Matt Bettinelli-Open and Tyler Gillett. So, uh, yeah, Scream 5 came out last year, noted as just Scream, and it was definitely that requel that uh, a lot of franchises are doing, and it did very well. Uh, especially with the new younger cast, uh, along with some of our legacy characters. And the franchise was back for more, this time in a new city with new rules, uh, taking Scream to New York City. So, we're excited to check this out, and uh, we won't do spoilers today, of course. That's the whole fun of seeing the Scream series is, who is the killer? So, Taylor, what is the brief synopsis of Scream 6? So, yeah, Scream 6 uh, follows the events uh, as we have a new ghost-faced killer targeting the survivors of the Woodsboro legacy attacks, uh, as you said, in New York City. Uh, So we're following Sister Sam and Tara as they're kind of still dealing with the aftermath where Sam is still struggling with what happened, but also the effects of it to her kind of notoriety in a bad way as we know from uh spoiler alert from the last scream uh, she is the daughter of billy loomis who was the killer from the very first scream and so she's kind of dealing with this darkness but also that she's been kind of branded as oh actually she committed the killings so she's kind of following that where tara off to college and she's kind of like not really dealing with it she's doing it in her kind of own fashion but of course um once the attacks start happening, the core group gets together and now they have to track down and find out who this killer is before he takes out all of them and what, what he or she wants. I'll, I'll say off the bat, 
the trailers were really cool. The trailers were really exciting. Um, you know, setting in New York, I think it was smart. A lot of these Scream movies have always taken place in the same small town or, you know, Scream 2 went to college and it was just something about, oh, now we're in a big city, a big city where there's millions of people and Ghostface could be anywhere. And how does he always show up and find you? Uh, and there's just some cool shots in the trailer, like especially the scene on the subway. And, you know, I was like, OK, how are they going to really incorporate New York City? Uh, and this ghost face that seems to be nothing like the ones prior and even a point of a possible collector of all the previous ones. Uh, there was that one shot in the trailer where it's almost like a Batman lair uh, <laughs> with all these uh, ghost face costumes and memorabilia. So I thought this was great. It was fun. It definitely has the vibe of the Scream films where it's like it pays homage to what came before. It turns up the the gore factor and a little bit of the adrenaline, I thought, which was always, you know, fun. What really sells for me the most in these movies is the Ghostface monologues. Ghostface always has these like Shakespearean style monologues. Like they're just long talking. And I love I love the element of the way that Ghostface talks in these movies. And this one was no exception. I thought there was something really menacing about, and you know, the whole fear factor of he somehow is always close by with the phone and you can't hear him. You just hear him on the phone. You can't hear him talking. And they really play up that a lot in this film. And of course, as, as usually happens, there's more than one killer. And so it's also a big who done it kind of question of do, you know, there's a couple new characters that are in the New York cast and it's like, can't trust any of these people, but also we can't even trust our own people because in the past, sometimes characters turn. So I thought that was a very fun element. And we got some new uh, actors in here that were pretty great, uh, especially, you know, when you got like Dermot Mulroney, who he's done so many things and he's, he's a cop in this who, um, who's a, he's someone that's working on the force, but also he's a little connected to the case. And he's like, I, I, you know, I'm going to go the extra mile to help out. Um, Another one I thought was great was uh, we have Jack Champion, who we just saw as Spider in Avatar 2, but Avatar 2 was filmed so long ago that he's, you know, a younger kid in that, and now he's more like, you know, a college-looking kid. It was just like a drastic, like, oh, that's Spider now, but that's not Spider then, you know? I thought that was kind of fun to think, like, oh, he's, you know, growing and stuff. Uh, and then, you know, Returning from uh, previous movies, as was teased right in the trailer, uh, obviously Courtney Cox is in this, and Hayden Panettiere is in this, uh, back as Kirby from Scream 4. So now we're kind of getting um, not just the original trilogy, we're getting Scream 4, and we're starting to dive into a lot of more legacy cast members, which, you know, again, we've kind of, you know, um, Neve Campbell is absent from this, although she is referenced. Um, there's been... For those of you going to the news, there was a lot of pay disparity and, and such. But I think we have felt with Sydney Prescott's character with can you make a screen movie without her character? And this proved you can carry on the franchise without her. And I, and I got to agree with you. Roger L. Jackson, who has been the voice of Ghostface this entire time, it is just so good. And I I think without that voice, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't do 
justice but there is this physicality that we've seen in this in this film a lot of them where he kind of like after he kills he kind of wipes the knife and there's the you know the heavy breathing and whatnot but yeah i really i was really glad about this and not to spoil anything but courtney cox has a really great scene where she was kind of like of all these movies she has never had this kind of scene before so it was kind of interesting um but um melissa barrera sam carpenter and of course we've got uh jenny ortega as her sister tara um you know fresh off wednesday and she's like they both you know become scream queens in their own right as like kind of a new legacy um i want to say yes new york was a great choice but chris and i discussed this before i think they didn't really dive into making it new york as possible i know we're in the city but really we had a good kind of subway scene but there was we didn't have any central park chase we didn't have maybe more iconic stuff like that would have been great to maybe have Vampire State Building or um, one of the bridges. Um, and one thing I, this film does up the gore factor. I think a lot of them, you know, there's violence and stuff, but this was like to the extreme. I mean, we're seeing a lot of blood. I mean, stabs to like the extreme. A lot and, of twisting of the blade. Oh yeah, twisting film. the blade. And, but one thing I was, it was kind of disappointing. They're like afraid to like kill off characters in this one. Um, and some of these people, like, <laughs> I don't know how, like, this one person's guts hanging out and they're trying to climb over this thing. And I'm like, how are you able to climb? Like, literally, I'm holding my <laughs> intestine out. Intestines yeah. in. um, but I think that was kind of the thing of all the the films, like, especially, you know, we had we had uh, David Arquette. I mean, he like survived so much. And finally, he was he met his demise in the previous film. But um, I think they were afraid to take out certain characters and I kind of wish they, they weren't. And I don't know if that's because of they want to care on the franchise more or what, but they kind of like, there was no way certain characters, like you kind of like push the suspense of disbelief here. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple that I was like, there's no way they'd survive that. And then like at the end of the movie, it's like, Oh, they died. And then they get wheeled out on a gurney and it's like, you survived. I don't know how I did that, you know? And yeah, the thing with New York, they they set up that this movie takes place at Halloween, uh, which uh, or did that was kind of weird that this movie came out in March. Um, yeah, I guess they were like, we got to get it out now. We don't want to wait till Halloween season. Maybe it's too booked this year. But the the idea that there are multiple people in costumes around the city, and that's I mean, the subway scene was was really fun to watch. A lot of it was straight from the trailer. There wasn't too much new you know material there but there's multiple people dressed as Ghostface because it's halloween and a lot of people do that you know they've had all this you know i love that they set up in this world there's been the stab movies so like the the meta nature that these killings have led to actual people making movies just as we have had people make movies of horrific things in the past you know and based on a true story and so i think they could have used that more i mean i thought there there could have been a great big scene in times square where there's, where there's multiple a ghost, ghost space yes. everywhere and it's like and they're just running around and, and you know with all the buildings and then the real one pops up out of nowhere and central park is notorious for having such a big plot of land and there's little twists and turns little alleyways and you know caves and things that they could have really dived into and we we're just talking about you know just for the epicness of new york and this is the sixth film you got to go big or go home the 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 big scene in this movie that you see in the trailer is this this movie theater that this like abandoned movie theater with like all this memorabilia stuff. A lot of that's where a lot of the plot takes place. But you know, just for New York, 
what's a classic place, the Statue of Liberty or Empire State Building, just maybe somehow they end up there and Ghostface is chasing them up to the top and and then this huge epic battle and then yeah, maybe in a uh Hans Gruber kind of way, yeah. uh, we see him, you know, Ghostface falling off to the to his death. Uh, something like that, you know, or her death, you know, you never know. Um, but you know, for what it was, it's it's entertaining, you know. It's like they have to come up with some kind of plot. This is a two-hour movie as well. They have to fill some time. And there's definitely little Easter eggs throughout the film that mean there will be a continuation. And I think a continuation that we've never seen in the franchise. I mean, they had some building blocks, like you said, with the Billy Luma stuff in five. There's more stuff in this that kind of plays to maybe we're going to see Sam's character go to a new place if they do a Scream 7, which, I mean, Scream 6, opening box office, the biggest one for the Scream franchise. Yeah, Made wow. $44 million. To put that in perspective, because we're going to talk about it next week, it made more than Shazam 2 did <laughs> in its opening weekend, uh, you know, by half of the amount. So, uh it's it's you know I think we're gonna see continuation. I mean we've seen these franchises that have come back and had multiple sequels, whereas the Halloween movies we loved Halloween and then Kills and Ends went in weird directions and didn't work. Scream is working. Five worked well. Six worked well. It'd be exciting to see where they go moving forward. So for me, I had a good time with Scream Six. It was cheesy. It was dumb. It was gory, and it was fun. So I'm gonna give it. It's going to be like a 7.5 out of 10. Nice. I'm going to give it a good solid out of 10. Good bloody time uh, seeing Scream 6. So you can check out Scream 6 now playing in theaters. And hey, go back and watch them all again if you're feeling nostalgic. That was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.